This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, I'm Rich Bradbury and welcome to Resource Centre. It's your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. It is 11.05, coming up to 11.06 here in the studio. Now, HR practitioners in Malaysia are facing a uh, multifaceted set of challenges as they navigate the current landscape of the workplace and workforce dynamics. These challenges are shaped by both global trends and local nuances, uh, requiring a careful an often innovative approach to HR management. Some of these challenges include uh, talent management, retention, as well as a skills mismatch and keeping pace with rapid technological changes, uh, such as integrating AI, machine learning and data analytics into traditional HR functions. The future of HR in Malaysia is going to be shaped by these technological innovations, in addition to the evolution of workplace norms and the strategic importance of HR functions in driving business success. Companies that embrace these changes and adapt their HR practices accordingly will be better positioned to thrive in the dynamic and competitive business environment. Now, shall companies leverage technology... Shall companies leverage technology to enhance HR functions, develop and retain talents and create an inclusive, engaging workplace culture? I'll be speaking with Christine Sturck, Chief Business Officer at Pulsify. And if you have any thoughts on this topic, you can get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. That is 018-789-8899. You can also get us on X. We are at BFM Radio. Christine, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Richard. How are you this morning? I'm very, very well. Very, very well. Looking forward to this topic. I know you've had your coffee and we're all feeling a bit perky right now. I've had my coffee and the coffee was good and strong. Good stuff. Right. Uh, Starting off for those people um, who might not be familiar with Pulsify, just give us a bit of a background about what the company does. So we're a talent prediction platform. Um, So fundamentally what we do is we help organisations transform through their people. So um, predictive analytics, we gather um, psychometric assessments, cognitive assessments, performance data, et cetera, in order to holistically understand people, Mm -hmm. do gap analysis, and then predictive analytics from that. So when I join a company, uh, they come and talk to you guys. They're like, get Richard to take this test, see how well he might or might not fit in with the team is one of the things that you I mean, that's one aspect of it is actually in, in, in recruitment. And in recruitment, what we would do is really look at who you are in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And then we would map that to the success of a job role. Um, and a success of a job role is really different and unique depending on what the role is. And it's not just about the hard skills of the role, but also what are the soft traits? So mm. what are the things that make Richard unique in your job? Um, your ability to think on your feet, mm. your ability to be able to um, analyse very quickly, your ability to communicate. Mm. So we analyse all of that um, using some global success profiles. And then we put that together. Okay. Now, uh, just elaborate for me a little bit on the the core tech and some of the methodologies that you use to analyse and interpret some of the data that you get. So um, our goal from day one has really been how do we get the right person into the right job performing optimally? Mm. Because really the the, the success and the failure that we see of every single business is really uh, surrounding and boils down to people. So at Pulsify, what we do is we start with a methodology of and a foundation of traditional organisational psychology research and we use validated methodology to underlie every single element of what we do um, to ensure that it's 
proven uh, data science behind our predictions. That's the foundation. But from this foundation in data science, we actually, that enables us to predict um, whether someone fits into a role. We use knowledge graphs, um, language technologies, predictive models and generative AI mm. as well. So the knowledge graphs, for example, are based on uh, global job research databases um, and they help us to understand what success looks like in about 50,000 job roles. That forms the basis of what mm. we've got. Um, and then by success, like we spoke about before, it's it's really what does success look like in your specific role from a skills perspective. Um, and then we use language technologies. So um, our AI uses natural language processing, which means we we read something like a CV, like a human does. Yeah. So we're really interpreting interpreting that. Um, and then we're using uh, semantic matching as well in our queries, which is, you know, ChatGPT uses large language models. Google uses semantic matching as well in its search engines. Um, and predictive modelling we do as well. So for recruitment, um, our AI scores how, pers- how how close the person matches a profi- profile, for example. So if I was looking at you when you came into a role, it would be, okay, Richard is a 72% match to this particular role. Mm. And we take it a step further because we can actually we can actually analyse not only where your fit is to the role, but where is the gap to what success looks like okay. um, and what needs to be filled in for that gap. So it's really, it's really interesting when you're looking at people mm. in the workplace because if we can understand where you are right now and where you need to be and identify that, then we can plug that in with learning. You see, I've always been a little bit, and I'll be honest with you, sceptical of these kind of tests. And I'm sure there are people out there who've posed this question to you before as well. Like when you see, I know they're, they're different, but when you see IQ tests online and you know that you can take the test and look at the results and you figure out where did I go wrong and how did I, you know, how can I up my up my IQ in air quotes. When I've had these uh, tests come to me from HR people and whatever, and they've given me, oh, you are this kind of person or you are that kind of person. I look at that and I think, well, that's how I am today in this moment. But tomorrow I might be slightly different. The week afterwards I might be slightly different. And similarly, when it comes to handing in resumes and CVs and whatever, I've seen these kind of been spoofed in, in, in many different mm. ways. How do you guys kind of look at these? these? So, so, so that's, that's a super valid point because actually the way that traditional uh, companies look at this is just one assessment that, get, that that is supposed to tell you exactly who exactly. you are with one assessment. Right. But, but it doesn't work like that, yeah. does it? Because no. who you are in one job role compared to another is a completely different Even even on what day it is sometimes. Even on what day it is. So what we do is we take together many, many different data points. And from those many data points, we're able to look at not just what your psychometric or cognitive ability is or your innate skill. Mm. We're actually able to look at your actual skill pertaining to that job, as well as we bring in performance data and engagement information and feedback surveys as well. So it's much more comprehensive data. And all of this is weighted. Mm. Uh, It's all weighted according to the requirements of the company in order to achieve the objectives, mm. objectives as well. What do you think that HR companies nowadays are not doing right? And what could they change? It's a big question, I know. What could they change to make things better? I just, I, um, I think that I, I quite often use an analogy uh, when I talk to, talk to friends uh, 
the data, the data's there. Yeah. We have so much data as we're trying to move forward in the world. It's the, the data's everywhere. But we can't really make sense of it. It's like the internet. <laughs> All the libraries were already there. But mm. until the search engine came, we couldn't access it and we couldn't make any sense of it. I think where HR practitioners are, are really trying hard at the moment is they're trying to to just solve this crisis that's going on with regard to people and they're desperately trying to pull more and more information but what it's doing is creating silos and unless that has some form of platform or something that's able to overlay that and interpret it and, and put an analysis upon it um, where HR practitioners are going wrong is in just the, the, the struggle to try to find the time to um, make the right decisions and make the right decisions aligned to the company. So I think we're pulling technology together based on a lot of guesswork, mm. based on information that we know, rather than uh, a continually moving uh, data that is live. Um, that's mm. live. Okay. Uh, I like that idea. Were we ever suffering from analysis paralysis, you know, too much data and we weren't sure what to do with it? And now the, this kind of introduction of AI is kind of helping us out a little much bit. Data. I don't think there's such a thing as too much data. I think there's too much data that we don't have the time or the capability right. to be able to analyse. That's that's the difference. I, I mean, I can give you some examples of this. Um, if you if you look at recruitment, um, we had one we have one um, customer in Indonesia, and one single job had twenty six thousand applicants. Oh wow. Yeah, one single job. Uh, and we have a few of international customers like this. So if you can think about it, if I have 26,000 uh, resumes that I need to go through, even if it just took me one minute per resume, that's about 18 days. Mm. And, and, it, and then I apply my bias and I apply all these other um, limitations and guesswork because I'm just tired at the end of the day. How can I possibly do that as a human? Yeah. yeah. We can do that in three seconds. Mm. In, in three seconds, we can analyse all of that data and, and using knowledge graphs and generative AI, we're able to actually come to a conclusion as to who scores the best against that specific job role. And then if you were to put that person against another job role, we can come up with a different score, mm. which which actually creates unlimited possibilities in the workplace because then I can start asking questions like, um, who fits this role the best? Who's the best next person uh, to be on my team? What are the specific team dynamics mm. um, that I should have in order to perform uh, in an optimal um, way within this company or within this department? Just before we take a break then, I mean, we, we kind of briefly touched on it. Accuracy uh, and accuracy, accuracy within predictive uh, analytics is crucial, obviously especially in areas like uh, talent acquisition, employee development, how do you ensure the reliability of the insights that you get? Because if we, you mentioned it briefly as well, biases, and even within data, you know, predictive uh, AI as well, also has bias we, we've built into it. You know, it was programmed by humans at some point. It has bias in there. How do you ensure you, you kind of get around that bias? It's not so much getting around it. So firstly, our insights are backed by science and research. That's the first fundamental. Um, we benchmark against industry standards. Um, we validate and refine our predictions and insight with customer feedback and employee performance. In, in, in simple terms, what that means is if I understand internationally what success looks like in a role yeah. and then I 
uh, I take that as a base information. But then I bring that into an organisation. So every piece of data, every individual that I run through, that's additional data that's added. When I, when I look at that then, if I then plug in performance metrics, so think of it like this, if I know the top three marketing people in that role, then actually I have a profile for success that's localised according to my company. Mm. So it creates really, really accurate results. Um, we, we have an example, I mean, and Nestle gives us an example internationally with a talent management program. So when they, when they uh, initially were doing it, they had about a 60% accuracy. Um, and that's measured against KPI one and two years after after uh, the person's been employed. Because we mapped it to the actual framework of the organisation and what their core values were and the job success of the role, so every person that was mapped against that, we can actually score them. Basically, we were getting upwards of 90% to 97% accuracy. And it's really measurable. Mm. So we can see that this individual is really suited to the role and then we can measure it against performance in the future. And what, what happens that's really magical in this situation is I'm continually using machine learning. We're learning using machine learning to continually learn from um, the the input that's put inside. So we know, okay, this person is performing in this role, so therefore we can adjust and we can grow from it. So it's so not it's like... it's validating. It's validating continually. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like the days of old where we wrote a job description or we wrote an employee profile and then we measured them against that and that was it. It's a bit like a library, right? When we look at a course, it was written 10 years ago. We really have to question yeah. how relevant is that today? Mm, mm. So what, what artificial intelligence is doing, it's enabling us to be able to really learn from every single piece of data input that's coming in. And when we learn, we can we can create knowledge graphs and we can use generative AI to answer some amazing questions um, that we might ask within the, within the workforce. Okay, let's take a short break. Folks, you're listening to Resource Centre. It is your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. We're discussing how companies can leverage tech to enhance HR functions, retain talent, and create better workplace culture. I'm speaking with Christine Sturk, the Chief Business Officer at Pulsify. I'm Rich Bradbury. We'll be back after a few messages. Keep it here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Balanced Frank Medium, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back. My name is Rich Bradbury. Of course, this is Resource Centre. It is your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. We are discussing how companies can leverage tech to enhance HR functions, retain talent and create better workplace culture. And with Christine Sturk, the Chief Business Officer at Pulsify. Christine, we, we kind of briefly touched on uh, traditional recruitment processes and how they're often time-consuming and can result in mismatches between job requirements and candidate capabilities. Um, other than what Pulsify are doing, what can companies do, do you think, to help streamline that recruitment process and to be more effective in making sure they are matching the skills, the personality traits and potential job performance together? I, I think the core of, of what you can do is actually just try to understand and realise that people are 
multidimensional. Mm. When you look at your existing employees, that actually gives you the the the, the key or the, the the metric you need in order to understand the recruitment process. Because when you tie one into the other, so the success metric, I think that companies need to be really looking at the data. Um, the data points that they have and how they can pull them together. That's the most important thing. Mm. If, if, you have, if you have many, many different systems, ask yourself, are they the right systems? Are they simple enough? And are they talking to each other? And if they're not talking to each other, then you've probably got a massive amount of wastage in your, in your process in general. Mm. How do you go about though, getting the right person through the, through the door in the first step? Mm. Understand the person, understand the job role, understand the company culture, three elements. So the first thing is if you understand what success looks like in a specific role, then you can map people against that success. Understanding success, and this is whether it's recruitment or whether it's existing employees, and keeping in mind that today most companies are looking internally before they look externally. So we're seeing a really big trend in companies working with our technology internally in organisations rather than just for recruitment. So if I understand what is success in a role, um, the soft traits, the hard skills, then when I measure an individual and I look at your behaviour, I look at your cognitive capability, I look at the skills that you have, the experience that you have, all of these elements, then I can create a score. So what artificial intelligence does is it filters people. So we're not making decisions for humans. We're just providing humans with... Um, data that enables the decision-making process to be faster uh, and more accurate as well. So what we would do is put a score that says you are a 72% match against this particular role um, and that's how we would choose. And if you do that, actually the chances of the person succeeding in the job is much, much higher. Um, and if for some reason that needed to be adjusted, that could still be adjusted as well. Mm-hmm. So it's super accurate. When we When we do this in the traditional way, it's a lot of guesswork or we're relying on a recruiter's experience, an individual recruiter's experience in this job in order to define what success is. Mm. Um, but with technology, we can actually really accurately define success. So therefore, getting the, the right person in the role first step it can be a very um, accurate exercise. Mm. We're talking about technology a lot and, and AI a lot. And it is... We, we know and we've seen HR evolve over the last few years. What, uh, what, how do you ensure, though, that you're, you're staying on that cutting edge of this, this techno- uh, technological advancement? Because AI, as we know, even just in the last couple of years, has advanced so quickly. Things are changing so fast. And how do you make sure that you're right there, right on the edge? So we have, um, we have a continuous development program and research. So we are researching continually to try and stay ahead. Um, that's the first step. The second thing is we work really, really closely with our customers. Mm. Uh, and that's important mm. because recognising that traditional methodology, recognising that traditional HR practices um, are there for a reason, but then finding a way to be able to digitalize it, finding a way to be able to capture that data so we can leverage the experience and turn it into 
real outcomes um, for the business. So um, two, two, two key areas is one is continual research, continual investment in, um, in technology. And the second is an agile environment where we're able to learn from our customers, take feedback. I mean, we're literally releasing, um, releasing updates to our product every two weeks. Mm. Um, because of this, uh, some of the projects we work on, we are uh, saying to consultants, look, uh, generate this for us in a, in a manual way and then we will digitalise it and capture that data. Okay. Before we take another break, and we kind of had a, a brief discussion about this uh, in the pantry earlier, it's about diversity mm-hmm. and um, diversity and inclusion. Obviously, these are themes that are uh, quite critical in today's workplace. Um how do you help companies build a more diverse and inclusive teams? And in, how important is this, you know, for it to be genuinely inclusive and not just inclusive for the sake of inclusivity? Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting topic and it's a topic that is changing now compared yeah. to two years ago or three years ago. So... Firstly, diversity is incredibly important. And it's not just diversity as far as gender or race um, or even um, uh, disability. It's diversity from the perspective of how you think and how I think. We need diversity in our cognitive abilities in order to be able to make decisions and in order to not all be clones of each other. So where we see AI or where where our customers work with us – Uh, our international customers have already started removing information in order to allow for this, which means no longer having a name because there's name bias uh, because my name is uh, Muhammad. Maybe I am biased against that or in favour of that. So they're removing name bias, removing pictures because maybe I don't like like the way you look and I'm judging your skill set based on how you look. Or or your age even as well. Or your age. So there's ageism as well. So removing your age from the equation, um, there's some... Uh, and, and and then also um, education even. Uh, because you went to Harvard, therefore I assume you must be better at your job. So all of these elements, when a human interrogates a, a resume or looks at an employee profile, actually we inherently are biased um, towards something. There's some statistics that say that in seven seconds I make 11 assumptions about you <laughs> um, within seven seconds of meeting you, and, and that's bias. So what AI can do is actually um, remove those elements, which means we're really looking at you as a human being and your skill set uh, before we look at anything else. Now, it's significant when we talk about um, quotas. So if I'm placing a quota of women, for example, in the workplace, then my quota of, let's say, 30% women is actually increasing, in some cases, bias, because then I think, well, you're just a token female that got that role. Whereas what we're really looking at doing now and and what our tech is able to do is not just look at, we look at the skill of everyone. If there are women, let's say, for example, missing from that quota that we require, we look at how can we address the skill set? How can we actually make sure that every single person sitting at that table is deserves to be there and is qualified to be there. And that's our responsibility as companies as well, to ensure that everybody has the skills and the competency in order to be able to perform in the job mm, mm. rather than, you know, for whatever reason. And we're seeing some amazing trends. We see when we run, uh, we have one company that we're running a, um, a, 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 a talent management program with. And we've even seen that some of the highest potential individuals in the company are actually floor workers, factory workers that 
would have been overlooked and never had an opportunity to to really stand out um, unless we looked at this. We're seeing we're just seeing talent across the board that's mm. being identified. Um, autism is, is mm. another interesting area because someone is autistic, we bypass them. And yet if you look at in the data science area or in some of the creative fields, these are individuals that are incredibly gifted and talented um, and our biases are preventing them from having an opportunity in the workplace. Mm. So I, I really firmly believe that that technology and, and pulsifies um, artificial intelligence is giving people the opportunity to really thrive in the workplace. Mm. And there's one more element to it. It's not just about individual success and individual skills. It's about the dynamics of a team. So how do I ensure that my team has the optimal um, opportunity to succeed? Which means what if we had a leadership team that had all the same personality traits? How would I how would I ensure that we would be able to transform in the future? How would I ensure that I have different thinking, that I've got one person challenging everyone else? You need to have diversity yeah. in that in order to be able to challenge ideas, to bring new opportunities. And when our technology and when transformation is so important today um, with the, you know, the introduction of generative AI and now ambient AI and, 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 and blockchain, then basically if we're not moving fast enough or we don't have the right mix of people in our organisation, we don't have a hope. We don't have a hope of being able to move forward in our mm-hmm. organisations. So that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's diversity and it's inclusion, but it's, it's, it's much, much more of that. Um, without AI... I think it's very, very difficult today. Hold that thought. Folks, um, this is Resource Centre, of course. We're discussing how companies can leverage tech to enhance HR functions, retain talent and create a better workplace culture. I'm speaking with Christine Sturk, the Chief Business Officer at Pulsify. We're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. This is Resource Centre here on BFM 89.9. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. That was The Undertones with Teenage Kicks. John Peel played that twice in a row on his show back in the 70s. The only uh, band he ever did that with. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about HR. Uh, In fact, we are discussing how companies can leverage technology to enhance HR functions, retain talents, and create a better workplace culture with Christine Sturk, the Chief Business Officer at Pulsify. Uh, Me and you, Christine, were talking about digital transformation earlier on. And um, don't get all coy and shy on me now. Uh, and this is something that I've been speaking about regularly for the last couple of years. And I, I think really it started pre-pandemic, but also got amplified and accelerated, of course, during that pandemic. Um, give me your opinions on this. This is my passion. Okay. I, I, I really I really um, am on a mission to see how people can help. So Forbes, Forbes recently did a study uh, that indicated that um, 84% of all business projects, transformation projects fail. A- 84%. That's not a great start, is it? 84%. Mm. And that's it's all digital transformation projects and different projects. Um, backed up by BCG, Bain and Company, McKinsey, who estimated this is the failure rate for somewhere between 70 and 80%. So when they ran the analysis on this, they found that overwhelmingly the reason these projects failed was because of people. Fear. Um, the wrong person in the wrong position, um, the wrong choice of technology, um, the the wrong um, team that's actually building this out. There's so many elements and it's all pertaining to people. So some of the projects that we've started to do and we're working on um, internationally, 
the concept is this. If I can identify my top performers, if I can identify the people with a positive mindset, with the right potential to be able to drive a transformation project forward, I start with my A-team, we call them. So if I can identify my A-team and that A-team is then able to be equipped using artificial intelligence with the right knowledge based on their personal gaps in order to be able to make the right decisions, have the right leadership skills in Mm. order to be able to drive transformation, that core team actually has an exponential and tremendous effect on the entire organisation because from there we're able to, using artificial intelligence, work out what is the optimal team for them to work with. How do we track everyone's performance? How do we track everyone's profile across this? And from there, we can actually drive transformation. Um, we found uh, we found that if we can flip mindset um, to 51% positive in an organisation, um, if we can get people aligned in the organisation, which technology can do just by simply identifying who the people are and filling the gaps, then actually it has an uplift of an 80% chance of successful transformation implementation. That's super significant. Mm. So we're going from an 84% potential failure rate to 80% success rate if we can get the right teams in place and optimise those teams in order to be able to drive transformation. That's what we're doing. So we leverage artificial intelligence in order to understand people across the entire organisation, understand the roles that these people fit into. And then we're using it to really say, you know what, I believe in people. I believe that my people are the key to success in my business and therefore I want to invest in these people, uh, invest in their knowledge and invest in their growth. So it, it really that's how we're looking at transformation. Do you think these insights that we're, we're getting now um, are something that we would have come to naturally or, or is it something that we're kind of able to see now because AI has helped pinpoint these for us? I think AI has helped pinpoint them. I think, I mean, libraries were there with the information was there forever. Yeah. But everything moves so much faster now. Mm. The, 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 when I do a search on the internet or when I look at something, I'm getting information instantaneously right. and it's current data. We never had that before. Mm. Mm. So we were only, and, and with that becomes a lot of, you know, I'm protecting my ego because this was my information. And so you have a lot of uh, legacy thoughts within a company that's a good point yeah. that actually that, that stops you moving forward and now it's much much more organic i'm able to and, and democratic and democratic absolutely yeah. because we're really it's it's like the the argument we used to have with our parents around the television about politics that's not even an issue anymore because now we just jump onto google and say what's the answer and it gives us mm. the answer straight away mm. so if we look at that context in an organization then really i'm starting to i'm starting to say okay what 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 question do I have within my organisation and how can AI answer that question? So if the data is already there, which it's already there, all the data, I need to ask some things. So I want to know who do I have on my team? I want to know what can they do? Where do they best belong? How can I get them belonging? How can I increase engagement in my organisation? What are the specific gaps in learning? I mean, we're moving now into ambient AI, which means it's all about prompts. So from generative AI to uh, to ambient, which means now we'll start to be able to ask you, uh, look, look at your profile and say, 
um, right now, Rich, I can see that you're at this point in your career, but I can see that this is where you want to be in your career. May I suggest that this is what you need to do to get there? Mm -hmm. And this is all instant information. It's constantly learning. So the way as individuals our career paths will go in the future, the way that we are able to um, believe in ourselves and grow and be aligned to organisations will change completely. And, and this technology is, or Pulsify's technology is at the core of those changes. It's really at the core of transforming organisations through people. It's at the core of really driving um, driving new ways of thinking. Mm. For And you notice I'm not just talking about HR teams mm. because it used to be HR teams, but now it's the entire organisation that recognises that people, people are actually the most important important element in our business. Mm. They will cause the demise of our business and the success of our business. So I, I think, you know, recognising our people's talents and helping them optimise is super important. And I, I also say to a lot of people as well that if, if we look at the state of AI right now, it's the worst it's ever going to be. It's only ever going to get better, isn't True. it? True. Right. Thank you very much for sharing today, Christine. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Absolute pleasure. I've been speaking with Christine Sturk, the Chief Business Officer at Pulsify. You've been listening to Resource Centre, your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just search for Resource Centre. I'm Rich Bradbury. Give it here on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.